On today's episode of GIST Healthcare Daily, we explore the drivers of private equity's growing interest in cardiology practices with consultant Anthony DeRedita and Dan Blumenthal, CEO of PE-backed cardiovascular care delivery platform NovoCardia. It's Monday, May 9th, and I'm Alex Olgan with GIST Healthcare Daily, where you get the headlines and health business and policy news in under 10 minutes. If you like the podcast, please leave us a rating or a review. It helps other listeners find the show. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. As more and more procedures are moving out of hospitals and into outpatient settings, the dollars are following. A report by consulting firm Bain & Company projects that in just a few years, about a third of cardiology and spine procedures will be done in ambulatory surgery centers, and more than two-thirds of orthopedic surgeries will. For cardiology alone, it represents hundreds of millions of dollars of new revenue for ASCs in the near term. The cardiology physician market generates $51 billion a year and is growing, as nearly half of Americans are expected to have heart diseases by 2030. Private equity firms are trying to capitalize on this opportunity and have, in recent years, started rolling up cardiology practices. Anthony DeRedita is the founder and CEO of healthcare consulting company TrustWorks Collective. He works with practices and physicians being acquired or partnering with private equity-backed firms. We're in the early stages, um, but it's accelerating very quickly, um, and there is a tremendous amount of capital that's being infused in the market. So I think it's gonna be a very active cardiology market through the rest of 2022, and we'll probably catch up to other specialties pretty quickly. Um, And specialties like orthopedics are, are right in parallel with cardiology. It's also an attractive opportunity for physicians. Cardiologists employed by health systems bring in between five and nine times more in revenue between ancillary services and downstream revenue than their salaries, according to a KPMG analysis. And opening ASCs with PE investment would allow them to keep more of that revenue. They have historically only had access to professional fee revenue and some ancillary revenue for ancillaries that could be done in their practices like imaging Uh, for example. And now um, these opportunities are opening them up to the ability to invest in ambulatory surgery centers and realize and share in some of the profit that comes out of those larger type um, ancillary revenue producing opportunities. While consulting firm MedAxiom estimates about 70% of U.S. cardiologists are employed by health systems, the independent practice market is fragmented, making it ripe for roll-ups. 
Across the last few years, private equity-backed firms have been investing in practices with focuses in the South. In 2020, PE firm Varsity Healthcare Partners invested in practice management company Partners First Cardiology in Austin. And across 2021 and 2022, Novo Cardia, one of the companies Anthony is working with, backed by private equity firm Deerfield Management, invested in a 16-physician practice called First Coast Heart and Vascular Center in northeastern Florida and 27-physician practice MyCardiology in Southern Florida. I spoke with the company's CEO, cardiologist Dan Blumenthal. We're an early stage growth company focused on health services in the cardiology space. We partner with independent cardiology practices and we help those practices to run their practice more efficiently. So we offer practice management services. We help them to build new clinical programs that we think offer value for the communities that they serve. Examples in community heart failure management programs and transitions of care, uh, which we're building for the first time now. We help our practices grow. We offer them the ability to build ambulatory surgery centers, for example, and office-based labs, identify new opportunities to partner with primary care groups. We also help them to identify areas where they think that there is an opportunity to improve access to cardiovascular care through the creation of new practices. So um, we also um, offer contracting expertise, or we will be offering them help with technology. Dan reiterates that one of the key drivers for the recent interest is capitalizing on that outpatient shift, which really picked up steam in 2018 when the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services started making changes to allow a handful of cardiac procedures to be done in ASCs. And Americans have been avoiding hospitals during the pandemic for fear of getting infected and are more used to getting care in these outpatient settings. When you think about um, moving services, particularly profitable services, out of the hospital and into an independent location. And often the classic example is an ambulatory surgery center, right? You think about moving a a profitable inpatient or hospital-based procedure to an ASC and doing that not just once, but hundreds of times a year. Um, You're going to make a hospital quite nervous. Understandably so, as the cardiovascular service line is typically one of the most profitable and therefore important for hospitals. Obviously, not all patients are healthy enough to have even qualifying procedures done outside of hospitals. Hospitals um, do need cardiologists and cardiologists need hospitals. And um, we, you know, that relationship is symbiotic, but, but it is also is one that's changing. Of course, some states have certificate of need laws that require approval before building such facilities, and some have laws limiting what cardiac procedures can be done in these outpatient settings. So states without those limitations, like Texas and Florida, have become hotbeds for investment. So I posed the question to Dan that if the goal is to make money by moving procedures and diagnostics to ASCs and other facilities, wouldn't that put him in direct competition with health systems? I don't think that we are competitors to health systems. I think that ultimately we're complementary. We, we won't be able to stop the movement of care that shouldn't be delivered in hospitals out of hospitals, right? And, and hospitals can continue to obstruct efforts or slow efforts to do so. Over a longer term period, those will ultimately, I think, be futile. The federal government and payers will ultimately create the right incentives to, to push for that to happen. And when those incentives become great enough, cardiologists will follow them. And hospitals, I think, will will need to find ways to take advantage of those opportunities without 
feeling like they're cannibalizing themselves. Some partnerships with hospitals and health systems are about reallocating care towards the right place. That redistribution, you know, is, is a easy to talk about, very challenging to do in practice. So I asked Dan, how is Novocardia managing relationships with health systems and the markets it's acquired practices in? We're still figuring it out. You know, we raised our Series A in June of 2021. You know, in June, we partnered with our first practice. And then in late December, we partnered with our second. So we've really been focused on actually integrating those practices, helping them to be successful, learning about them. I do think that over time, there are a variety of ways that that groups like ours can work with hospitals. Some partnerships with hospitals and health systems are about reallocating care towards the right place and rewarding hospitals and health systems that make the greatest effort to do this in the right way with the volumes of services that need to be delivered in a hospital in a, a tighter alliance or a tighter relationship. The savings to the government and patients are significant. Medicare estimated that in 2020, just moving 5% of coronary intervention procedures from hospital outpatient departments to ASCs would save Medicare $20 million and beneficiaries $5 million in out-of-pocket costs. With those savings, it's likely commercial payers will follow Medicare's lead and incentivize more cardiac procedures in these outpatient settings. This revenue shift is at the expense of hospitals. However, it doesn't have to be a zero-sum game for health systems. Anthony says there are a variety of ways they can work with these investor-backed groups. This is kind of in its nascent stages. And so a lot of this is playing out in everyone's trying to learn how to play with each other um, in, in this new sandbox. Health systems are reevaluating traditional investments or partnerships with independent cardiology groups, recognizing potential alignment challenges that these new investor partners bring. Anthony anticipates there will be some changes to existing relationships. We're seeing some increased tensions with facilities uh, that feel like historic investments are no longer uh, justified. And we're also seeing facilities um, and health systems that are looking toward these partners to help drive greater innovation and program growth. And I think a lot of this is going to come down to can these new larger private-backed practices and health systems come to an agreement on a common vision, a common goal, and a common kind of rationalization of services that's in everybody's mutual benefit. Some health systems have already started investing in these partnerships, like Arizona-based Banner Health, which in 2018 embarked on a joint venture with Atlas Healthcare Partners to operate a network of ASCs. This system allowed both employed and independent cardiologists to invest in the ASCs. Fast forward three years, the system tripled its ASC footprint beyond cardiology in Arizona, Colorado, and Wyoming, increasing revenue almost sixfold. And just last week, Banner expanded its investment in Atlas with plans to double their ASC footprint in the next few years. Anthony says there are other ways health systems and PE-backed practices could work together. Joint venturing and outpatient facilities, such as outpatient cath labs, imaging labs, cardiac rehabs, um, maybe even home health services we could see. We could see a lot of some of the programs going um, and looking at SNFs and step-down facilities. Some relationships evolve into a service line relationship where the private equity-backed practice is entering into some type of a co-management or service line management arrangement with the facility. 
Um, so I have been, been involved in new relationships that are geared toward new program growth, bringing in new services to facilities that haven't had them in the past. Another way health systems are looking to address these competitive market entrants is through employment. Anthony says in some markets, systems are both exploring employing independent cardiologists and making sure currently employed ones are happy. For those that are employing cardiologists, they're looking to ensure that their employed cardiologists are comfortable, that their alignment and the objectives of what they're seeking with their employed partners are coming to fruition, and that their programs are remaining strong um, so that they can be responsive to any type of competitive threat or movement of business that their independent, now private equity-backed partner might make. For now, the CEO of Novocardia, Dan, says the company is focusing on independent groups. We haven't partnered with any employed groups um, or employed physicians who, who are interested in leaving employment and returning to independence, um, though we have heard from several groups about their interest in doing so. It's a challenging area for us. It, you know, there, There's a lot that goes into changing a physician from one employer to another. You know, We're a young company. We, we can only do so much. And so, you know, we haven't to date prioritized that. We've prioritized partnering with, with independent groups. Since investment in growth and cardiology practices is so new, I asked Dan where he sees Novocardia in the next few years. I think continuing to build out within the markets that we've already entered and likely entering, you know, one or more new markets over the next few years, continuing to build our management services organization and the infrastructure that will ultimately enable us to help our practices to run more efficiently. And then I also see us creating new ways to, to partner with practices that don't necessarily involve a full acquisition of the practice. I think that that will also make us a more generalizable kind of organization in terms of our ability to enter into new markets, identify new opportunities for, for growth and development. And just like with other specialties, the question remains longer term, who will be the next set of buyers for these heavily consolidated specialty practices? It's very clear that some of the private equity entrants today are interested in aggregating and growing at a rate that will allow them an exit at an attractive multiple within the next four to, to six years. When the second and third buyers um, come in, what will they look like? And as these groups get bigger, it will weed out a lot of the initial players. And so at the end of the day, who will be left? That was Anthony Deredita, CEO of TrustWorks Collective, and Dan Blumenthal, cardiologist and CEO of Novocardia. Thanks for listening to GIST Healthcare Daily. I'm Alex Olkin. You can check out more insights on healthcare business and policy news on gisthealthcare.com. Just Healthcare Daily is an independent production of Just Healthcare. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at UH1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.